Super Talk Mississippi media production. But, um, yeah, that was just my initial reaction getting down here. But uh, I knew right when uh, I got that Golden Eagle gear that it was uh, something I wanted to be a part of. So were you that big of a prolific power hitter in high school, Matt? And, or, and if not, when did the power show up? Um, my senior year. Uh, nobody would be too uh, impressed. I think my sophomore year I hit 280 as a as a um, you know high school kid with no homers. My junior year maybe 330 with two homers. And my senior year I think I hit 380 with 10. So just putting on weight was huge for me and, and nutrition and and that's kind of, you know, my jump start, but I didn't think I was going to go from 10 to 19 to ultimately 58 in college. But So it couldn't have been all weight then. There had to have been something in swing development or whatever that, that you learned along the way, yes? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, Coach Guy was one of the, obviously now at A&M, but um, just one of the, the best coaches I've ever been with, and he just taught me so much and just trust my swing and, and get into my legs a little bit more as opposed to, to – uh, trying to maybe Prince Fielder swing, you know, all muscle. But, um, um, yeah, just I, I learned so much being here and, and just kind of put some things together that I still need to work on, you know, going forward. But uh, that was definitely a huge jump start for me. Because if it was just putting on weight, I'd be a 12-time All-Star, you know. <laughs> well, if it was just... We know that's not the case. <laughs> no, no, for sure, for sure. But when you get, you get drafted as a pitcher, and I, I also relate this to Taylor Braley, who also obviously hit with power, he got drafted – you know, as a pitcher, I wonder what it is, and maybe you could share if you know what it is in the major league mindset that they would give up the potential power, unless of course you're a National League pitcher. But even then, you'd only be in the lineup once every five or six days. That they would give up that power for the arm. Were there any discussions that hey, look, I can I can swing it here too now? Um, in high school, I think uh, the only team that really looked at me as a as a hitter was the Pittsburgh Pirates, and. Uh, he came one day, and I think I struck out three times, so that kind of ended that for me. But um, So, yeah, that was kind of why I got drafted as a pitcher in high school, just kind of more of a, a young, maybe velocity guy that could make some more jumps. But, um, yeah, Braley had kind of stupid stuff as a, as a junior that I think really jumped off the page, and uh, it was just it just short notice and, and kind of development for him that I think just see that power – Power potential off the mound, possibly. Matt Walner is with us, former Golden Eagle baseball great now in the in the Twins organization. And really, we put a pencil and paper to it. Going back to the fall of your senior year, you've been playing almost every day for 10 straight months. You finally get some, some time off. How did you deal with the daily grind, uh, as it were, making the transition from college into pros? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a different grind. Um, it's a whole other animal playing seven days a week as opposed to four. And uh, no offense to anyone who lives in, in East Tennessee, but it makes it a little bit more of a grind when, when no one's there really and you're just kind of playing summer ball. But um, just it's it's different going from, uh, you know, playing here, playing Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and packed houses to uh, playing in front of 10 people. Kind of So that kind of made an extra grind. But um, it's just it, – just got to figure out a routine and uh, just just go with it. One of the things, though, that you don't have any control over is who your teammates are. But because because baseball is getting to be such an international game, a lot of Spanish-speaking players, have you dealt with any language issues at this point? Or do you see that that's uh, – will it be an issue going forward? Um, it's definitely different playing with uh, half the team that you kind of got to go through a couple guys to communicate with. But it makes it fun. They're, they're, uh, they're fun. They're – 
they're just energetic and, and play the game like a bunch of kids in, in a good way. And uh, it just kind of gives you that extra energy and reminds you of, uh, you know, what it was like when you were 12 years old and, and loved to play four games in a day. You were hoping you get to play four games in a day. So um, that just kind of brings that back sometimes. And I want to rewind the tape a little bit before we go into commercial break. And I know Bob's got some other questions for you too, but when it became apparent that you were going to be a pro prospect, I want to take us through the, the process of how you hire an agent because I'm sure there were several different uh, agencies that wanted you to come on board. And who did you have around you that helped, uh, helped you navigate that decision? Yeah, I just try to really talk to my family and, and the coaches as well. Um, it was kind of after my freshman year. And, uh, but at the same time, I didn't want it to go on too long and, and become a distraction. So I tried to get it, get it done kind of by uh, fall practice that year and just go in and, and, and play and just try and get better. Um, as opposed to worrying about other things off the field. So that was kind of my process going in, but everybody has their own way doing that. But what was it about about what they brought to the table that you made them decide on who to go with? Uh, just history. Um, you know, the, the agency that I went with has, I think, guys like Kershaw and, and Granke and just some big names. So. I've heard of them. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of hard to argue with. But it's, it's definitely – it's kind of like college recruiting all over again, just – picking what you think is best for you and um you know i thought it was a good fit but it's different for every person all right matt walters with us uh, in the first bank studio in hattiesburg we'll be back on the other side of the break more with matt as the eagle hour continues To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Uh, proud supporters as well of the Eagle Hour and a great place to buy your Southern Miss swag. You can buy it online at CampusBookmart.net. If you happen to be in town this weekend, for example, for homecoming, like our guest here, Matt Walner, is, then you can just go straight to the store on Hardy Street and uh, pick out your selection. All right, we're talking to Matt Walner, an extraordinary baseball star from the Golden Eagle uh, baseball program. And, Matt, I'm going to take you through a couple of scenarios I've always been curious about uh, regarding your career here. You come here your freshman year. Where were you and what did you think when you were told you had been named the National Freshman Ball Player of the Year? Oh, that's that's just a really cool honor. Um, definitely nothing I expected coming in. Um, I'd be lying if I told you I expected to be, do uh, as well as I did my freshman year. But um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty surreal, and uh, just kind of gave me the confidence to uh, be a college baseball player, Division One college baseball player, and just kind of showed me I really belong. Where were you when you got that news? Who told you? Honestly, I don't. I can't even remember. Um, I ask you that because we had Taylor Braley on the show last year, and he had been named to an All-America team. And we asked him about that on the air, and he was actually fishing with one of your roommate, your teammates, and 
he said, well, to tell you the truth, you just told me. And then he goes, hey, they just told me I made All-American. I think they made a mistake. So yours wasn't a scenario quite like that. No, right? I mean, I wouldn't expect Braley to be anywhere else besides fishing or hunting. So that, that's pretty suitable. So as you continue to develop, obviously the accolades continued to roll in. And uh, I just, I'm curious to know, did that uh, did that help you or, or were there points that that added pressure to you and, and you felt the pressure of perhaps living up to all the accolade? Um, I, don't, I don't think it added pressure. I think it kind of came with maybe an expectation, but something that, that I wanted. Um, I wanted to uh, feel a little bit of that pressure. Um, in the sense of just expecting to uh, be, you know, one of the, one of the guys of the team and of the conference and, and of the country. So that was definitely something I wanted. I wanted to be that guy that um, opposing pitchers wanted to pitch around and, and still beat them. Um, and because I think that just just adds confidence going into places like pro ball or or um, you know conference tournaments or, or regionals. You know, places where it really matters. And you really had to deal with that this past year. I thought getting pitched around. Them not throwing good pitchers to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, uh, just the most impressive thing I think that I've ever seen is just, just Adley Rutschman now coming into a draft year, just expecting to be one one, and uh, you know ends up being one one. And a draft year is just a different year, kind of a little bit added pressure. And I think I kind of uh, took that upon myself a little bit too much to start the year, and just kind of let it go, and and just got back to myself at the end of the year. And is that is that largely what you think? Was the difference in the first of the year and the end of the year? Yeah, I think so. I think I just pressed pressed myself a little bit too much, which is, you know, like I said, with you know guys like Adley who just come in with that pressure and, and win gold spikes and do it all year is just that much more impressive. But um, it's it's just a it's a different year, you know, no matter what. Being yeah. raised north of the Twin Cities, Matt, did you play hockey? Uh, pond hockey. I wish I wish I would have played hockey. Because uh, you you would have been a defenseman, I'm guessing, at your size, probably. Yeah, I would have tried and take uh, take some uh, slap shots from the pond blue line. hockey. Yeah. yeah, that's like on frozen ponds. That's it. That's it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I know that you talked about making an adjustment to the weather, but culturally too, there's a big culture difference between the north and the south. I know a lot of people who move from your neck of the woods down. They'll go, man, I had no idea that football is just eating everybody up down here that football is king did you find that to be the case or any cultural differences that you maybe struggled with initially um i i don't know if anything i struggle with overly too much but um yeah football's yeah i'm in love with college football now i love it that's that's what i do all saturday just watch watch any game um it's 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 really fun and and you know even southern miss games are are so much fun to watch and, and to go to and that's something I really never experienced. But the hockey, the, the football down here high school-wise would be comparable to hockey in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota high school hockey is insane. Um, they'll pack out the, uh, the Wild Stadium, the XL Energy Center, with 18,000 in the state tournament. So it's, For a high school hockey It's game. pretty cool. Yeah, it's on right? TV. I've never been, but I watch all the games on TV and back home. So it's, it's pretty fun. Now, you came to a school, though, that has a pretty rich baseball culture and a pretty fanatical baseball following. Were you taken back at all when you initially got here at the size and enthusiasm and atmosphere of Southern Miss baseball games? Oh, absolutely. That's something I, I never experienced as well. Um, you know, a lot of northern schools are basically 100, 200 people here and there for their games. So it was fun to come down to see 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people here. And uh, just, you know, um, one of the most fun games I've ever had in my career was last year Ole Miss and just having – 
5,500 people here and uh, just kind of tried to uh, take that energy out on the field. And um, it's just games like that that kind of really get you going. You may not be aware of this. This company is associated with the Ole Miss Sports Network. Those guys, their play-by-play guys said at the end of that game that never before had they seen a single player influence the outcome of a game more than you did that night. That, that was a fun game for me. I definitely – I'd never been Ole Miss in my career, and I kind of took that upon myself to uh, go out and do it. I couldn't, I couldn't go uh, over against Ole Miss. And I thought the defensive plays that you made early in the game out in the outfield turned the momentum of the baseball game. So it wasn't just hitting; it was it was defensive play as well. Yeah, uh, I never robbed a home run in my career, and I uh, just kind of used uh, all of my length to go up and get it. So that was that was kind of cool for me, and. Um, just turn it into offense momentum as well. And we just had some huge freshmen step up and, and get some hits and kind of put it all together. Now how did that compare to the season before when you guys swept Mississippi State to open the season? That had to be pretty high on the list, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm not a guy to show too much emotion, but when I came in on Sunday and closed that game out, I, I gave a pretty good uh, yell and fist bump, um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So that was uh, that was a really fun weekend. You know, I want and part of our job, Matt, is to ask questions that people in the general public would ask. So I'm not trying to probe here too deeply, and I don't get into specific numbers. But you've got money now, okay? I mean, what a lot of people in Mississippi would call real money, and you've heard the adage that either money will own you or you will own the money. What have you learned early now? being in a, in a career where you've got some money, and how do you think you would describe your relationship with money going forward will be? Um, uh, it's, it's just different. Um, I try not have it take too much control of me, but uh, you know now I can go to Chick-fil-A three times a day. So oh. it's, it's, <laughs> you have made it. Yes. You have officially made it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard that right here. Matt Waller no, has made that, it. That's, that's the best answer we've had. <laughs> Get to go to Chick-fil-A, months, not man, once, like not twice, but three times a day. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> because it can't, I mean, you, you hear lots of times pro athletes that have tons and tons of money, and then 10 years later, they don't have any. You know, so I'd imagine you've got a strategy going forward on, on those sorts of things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got some financial guys helping me out because I have, you know, believe it or not, I was a finance major. But uh, I uh, probably my mom would have liked if I would have taken a little bit more, uh, you know, seriously in, in school <laughs> last spring. But uh, yeah, uh, I was more into baseball. But um, yeah, it's just it's good to have someone helping you out there. So you're, you're getting to enjoy some time now and you really won't have anything much to do work-wise other than, you know, your usual off-season stuff until, what, December maybe? Yeah. Um, other than uh, I got to sign 5,000 baseball cards this week, so I think my hand might fall off but uh, by Friday. So. That's good. <laughs> All right, Matt, two minutes left. Uh, there's no baseball player that's come through ever, really, that has the name recognition uh, that you do and uh, there are a lot of little kids that play baseball, high school, junior high kids that look up to you. And uh, oh, he's wanna, about six feet twelve. Yeah, want to <laughs> be want to be what you've become. What advice you have for those kids? Uh, just enjoy it. Um, you know, just have fun, and that's gonna that's gonna make you want to work harder than than anything. Um, sometimes I think I've uh, enjoyed hitting in the cages and and working at practice just as much as I have playing games. So. That's kind of been the difference for me. Um, you know, you don't want to do everything. You don't want to work out all the time. But it's just kind of, for me, it's, you know, I don't love to work out. But it's, I hate not doing it more. So it's just kind of motivation and, 
and just enjoying it and um that's that's my best advice I can give especially going you know through pro ball where it is a job at times but you just got to remember that you know when you're 10 years old this is what you dreamt of and uh especially for me playing for the twins that's something I always grew up uh wanting to do so it's just it's just um something that uh, you got to put in work for and and never give up yeah it's got to be cool the fact that not only did he want to play pro ball but he gets drafted by the team that he grew oh, up sure yeah that you know, cheering be, for that's pretty that cool that's a big extra special right yeah it was pretty surreal finding out um found out about three picks before that it was gonna be the twins but uh it's, it's really special when it's actually you know 100 percent for sure well, I got to tell you, my man, I'm a I'm an avid avid baseball fan, and uh, I don't know that any of us that go to games together have ever enjoyed watching anybody more than we enjoyed watching you for three years, man. And I I thank you sincerely for everything you did for Southern Miss baseball. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, Matt Walner, everybody on the Eagle Hour, and we will be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. This segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where we will be Friday afternoon. It is a great place to go uh, pregame tailgate. It's a great place to have lunch or dinner. A great place to go in the evenings and have a couple of cold beers and shoot some pool and enjoy all the Southern Miss memorabilia. And Kelly, in case you wanted to go eat lunch at the 4th Street Bar and Grill, how much would that be? That is $8.95, and that includes your drink, Bob. Your, well, your non-alcoholic drink. And what would be the entree today, Kelly, it being Tuesday? Tuesday, it is the uh, uh, country fried steak. There we go. Pork chops mm. on Thursday. Yeah. Of course, as things get cool, catfish cool, on Friday, right? And as things get cooler, they'll sl- slide in the red beans and rice and all there the is. other you know southern favorites. All right, we're going to be there for two hours this Friday, a special two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. Come we're by and see us, too, man. Yeah, There's we'd love to have you come there. by and see us, and uh, we'll have some Southern Miss stuff to give us. We're going to give our next guest for being so gracious uh, coming in the studio, and uh, we want to we want to thank uh, Four Street Bar and Grill. For all they do for the Eagle Hour. Also, I want to welcome Joe Venus of Outlaw Photography in the First Bank Studio. We give T-shirts to anybody that'll actually come in here with us. And on days that Kelly are here, Joe, we realize it's probably the last time you're ever going to come in here. So we want to make sure that you enjoy that shirt. And uh, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sports photography is getting to be. I mean, it's really getting to be an art form of itself, Joe. And, and you go. You've always been a digital, you know, photographer guy, and actually got started. Uh, shooting sports uh, action and so on when your daughter was in high school. Kind of take us back to where, how you got started. Uh, junior high, uh, eighth grade, she was uh, playing, and I had to uh, get my mind off the game and more into focus on something else because I got you get, get too involved in the game. 
In photography, you see a small portion of the game. You don't. You're not involved with the game itself. So, yeah. so how did you go about? I mean, you you just don't stand there and snap a picture. I mean, what what in your mind tells you, hey, this is a pretty good looking shot? That's uh, it's, it's individuals' way of doing. It. I mean, they have everybody everybody has their own way of seeing things, and it's just I have mine, and you have yours, and. But but what what do you see when you when you look at a picture and go yeah I like that is That's, it just something that goes off yeah it's it's everybody has their own way I mean I'm telling you it's it's not what you you see something different than I see right same exact picture you see it different than I see it there's nothing more than what I like what you like so how are you different as a photographer today than you were when you got started that different goes back to my my mentors who taught me facial expressions and uh, getting into action part I mean it's just that's a difficult question to answer. I don't know how to uh, explain it in words to me. Do you do you try to shoot ahead of the action, behind the action, or is, what's the general rule of thumb to get your best, generally speaking, your best sport shots? You better know your sport before you do it. I have I have trouble with soccer. I don't know nothing about soccer, so I'm having I'm having to catch myself always behind it. In football, I can I know where it's going. I, I can anticipate my shots. Basketball is the same way, but pussy, I don't know. I can't I can't do it as well. I'm having more trouble with it. For many, many, many years, uh, all of us our age uh, relied on newspapers for a lot of our sports coverage, and you always had the photographs, you know, that kind of offset the story. With the decline of the newspaper industry, has that had an effect on on your industry? And if so, how? Every um, every game you see, we call them soccer moms. Everybody has a camera, cell phone, camera. Everybody's taking pictures, so. You've got to be the one that got something different that they can't get uh, because they're they're out there everywhere they go. You got, you got pick cameras. Anybody's got a camera, and if you can't get that special shot or a special look of a shot, it, nothing happens for you. You, mm-hmm. can't, you can't get it published. Nobody's taking it. For you. So is there is there less opportunity now than there was ten years ago? The only difference is the spots that I can be on the field. They can't be there. That's my only opportunity to shoot something different. They can't get. Mm-hmm. They can get close now. These long long lenses now, they can get real close from far away. But the angles I can get now, they cannot get. But, Joe, just like we said, today everybody's a journalist that has a, a, a page, you know, a page on the web. They're all journalists, which they're really not. There's a difference than, There's a difference in being a professional photographer and a guy there with his uh, iPhone deciding that he's a photographer. Every part of photography is different. Uh, portraiture, uh, landscape, sports, all have their own basic skills. It, it, it takes certain more, it takes better equipment to shoot nighttime football games, gymnasium basketball games, than it is to shoot landscapes or to shoot a portraiture. You, everybody has their own way of doing things and their own kind of camera equipment to do it. It takes different kinds. I mean, just when it comes to sports photography, too, I know a lot of the most intriguing pictures are facial expressions of the athletes, post-action, pre-action. I'm get, and you're nodding, Joe. I'm guessing it's the same with you. I do a lot of my shots on sideline. Uh, the action shots have not done as well for me as the personal interaction with the guy sweating, the guy, you know, the grinsing of, of a pain or the joy of, of, of you know, of, of a touchdown. Those shots to me are what. I do better with. Uh, is it because we all have humanity in common that, that even if you're not necessarily a sports person, you can relate to that anguish, you can relate to that uh, joy? People relate to enthusiasm any way you look at it. If it's, if it's the winning, the, the, the defeat, 
they can all relate to something a part of the photography. The still shot of you know the, the eye, you know, the, the just the people that the, the athletes and their and their expressions. What are you? Some of your a couple of your favorite shots that you've had over the years that you still look back on and say, "Man, I was really lucky to be there at this time." That's one of my favorites. Are there any that that stick out in particular? There's different shots. I mean, again, I go back to the that that emotion from a, from a player after a, after a touchdown, after for a big strong pitch like Matt what's a while ago when he threw, when he got the fist pump. Those pictures there are my, I like a lot because it shows the emotion of a player. Um, after that, there's so many action shots from yeah. so many photographers. They're all the same. They're all the exact same way, and. That makes you a difference. I mean, I like the emotion part of it. But you personally, is there any one particular shot that you've got up on the wall saying, that's my favorite? And you may not. There is one shot of Dat Prescott, and he's always pointing to heaven from his mother. I mean, that, that shot is iconic of him. And that's where I get it. That's my, my most favorite shot I've ever had. Did you get that at State when he was playing for Mississippi yeah, State? Mississippi yeah, State. yeah. We were talking about that off the air. Apparently, I... Kind of got an odd family connection with him. Wife's cousin and him are doing some business together. Said he's extraordinarily nice. Super nice guy. Always been super. Always been very helpful. He'll take. He'll wait and take pictures with you. Or he'll sign uh-huh. autographs. Never stops. You have to like a kid like that and, and hope that he does have success. And, and when they're in, when they're in games and so on, they they're really not focused that the fact that their picture is being taken. But have you run across any athletes that that off the field? And I'd imagine Bill Belichick is just a barrel of monkeys. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few coaches that uh, that I get that they they look at you like you know put the hand up, no, and, and you understand. And like you don't take pictures of people with, that are hurt. You don't take pictures of athletes that are that are going through problems. So, you, you kind of have an idea what not to shoot and what to shoot. Now, Joe, I've got a serious question. You're a professional photographer. If I were to hire you today and pay you whatever your price, and I wanted you to do a photo shoot of Kelly Center, but I said, now, Joe, I want you to make him look handsome and debonair, to what extreme would you have to go to, to make that come across, Joe? To work, well, first of all, you'd have to have a wide-angle lens. <laughs> that's the first, that's right. the first <laughs> second of all two words photoshop <laughs> right and both those words work real well <laughs> is there enough technology in today's world to accomplish that joe you can make anybody whatever they want to be really really i can make i can make kelly extremely small really extremely large could you do a photoshop of kelly say in a ballerina suit that you could send to us for our social media it would be wonderful it wouldn't be in a two-two. It'd be in a three-three or a four-four. But, but it would probably. What do you enjoy most about it, Joy? Uh, shooting sports. Uh, it's 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 a social event for me. You see people. You see talk to players. They get they know you. They say hey hey outlaw hey and, and it's still a it's a conversation to me. And and I'm not, I'm not quite as enthralled as some of the photojournalists who are just there to pick one two three pictures and go to the next game, ball game. I'm there for the whole game most of the time and see. I would think one of the things that's pretty cool about it is if you get the shot or if you don't, kind of like golf or tennis or bowling, it's all on you. Good, bad, or indifferent. If you missed it, you missed it. You've missed it. You have one shot at it. That's all you got. Is there a favorite sport you like to shoot? Baseball. Baseball? Yeah. Baseball is it's just because it's, so, it's such a relaxing game. It's, it's slow, and you can get what you want, and you can, you can time your shots. Football is just all going. There are a lot of things about baseball that just make it the best sport, don't they? It's it's the baseball is all it's a it's a tailgating the entire game. 
it's, it's, that's a good it's way an enjoyment. It. That's right. That's a, it's a social. It's it's socially fun for us as much as it is watching the game. We enjoy the game, obviously, but it's a social gathering. You're right. It's a great description. It's like a tailgate the entire game. Well, Joey, I hope you're going to be on the field uh, Saturday when Southern Miss takes on North Texas and bring home a homecoming win, hopefully. I hope to be there myself. I do. And as soon as Outlaw Photography gets us that picture of Kelly in the tutu, it will be on the Eagle Hour Facebook page. We really appreciate that a lot, Joe. I will work on it. Well, if, if, I, if I even get into a tutu, the people that might be standing 10 to 20 feet around me, I suggest you back up. Because if that waistband breaks, somebody's going to get hurt. It'll be like a tsunami. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Pleasure so much. We'll, we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Joe Vitas from Outlaw Photography and, of course, Matt Walner for joining us. Both guests in the studio today. That's always a pleasure. Always enjoy having a guest here in the First Bank studio. This segment sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Great place to go on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. If you're in the market for a new home, if it's your primary home, or maybe a weekend place, or even a hunting camp, they've got a home for every need at Gulfport Home Center. They can do the financing for you right there. They can even help you find land to uh, put your home on and start a new chapter in your life. So if you're in uh, that moment of your life, we would strongly suggest that you give a visit to the good folks down at Gulfport Home Center. Well, you know, again, I think... Uh, we've been doing this show together a while, Bob, but rarely have we ever had a comment like Matt Walner said, you know you've made it, buddy. Perfectly innocence. Perfect innocence and uh, really delightful to hear that one. You know you've made it when you can go to Chick-fil-A three, three times, times a day. day. Wow. <laughs> you know, Kelly, you watch these kids and everybody watched him for three years and they sort of take on this persona. And where we've been fortunate in doing this show is we get a lot of these kids in here with us. And it, it brings it all back to you that, yes, you know, they're big athletic stars, but they're kids, man. These are young, young men and women uh, playing in college and, sports. And not to overstate the obvious, but they're people. Right. You know, lots of times we objectify these athletes that, that they are not people. They have problems. They have feelings. They have siblings. They have families. They have the, the, the same thing. And that's why, you know, I'm sure I will probably be criticized by people saying, I can't believe you asked Matt Walner about money. But that's a, that's a perfectly legitimate question. If you're sitting at home, what is it like to have that kind of dough? I don't know. You know, and, and you do see these terrible, you know, bad ending stories of athletes who have come into money. And then 10 years later, they're on the street with a, with a sign, you know, mm-hmm. uh, needing, you know, or a GoFundMe page because it, so it's, I, I think it's a perfectly legitimate. It won't you know. happen to this kid. No, I don't He's think so. He's got a lot of good people around him. He's got parents in his life and, uh, 
you know, it's just, it just was delightful to meet him. And after watching him for three years, again, it just kind of reminds you, you know, they're just they're like everybody else, man. They're just young people going to college. And and these interviews help show that they are just regular guys. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, tomorrow, Kyle Logan, former baseball player, is going to be on the show. And also, I, I have a note here. We're going to have Mr. and Mrs. Southern Miss. Is that correct? Tony Romanique is Mr. Southern Miss. And I think like for the third year in a row, an Oak Grove graduate has won or was that because that's voted on by the student body looking forward to that yeah so they'll be here talking about uh, some of the homecoming festivities on campus studio too they'll be here yeah at the first bank studios and you know friday our two-hour remote at uh, at forestry bob this is going to be man this you talk about a pregame yeah we're really uh, lining some great guests up and before we get to that i want to remind you as well that thursday kelly we're going back to bocoma casino and uh, that was fun when we were up there last month completely different atmosphere than what we're used to being in but uh and and my guess and my guess is when we go to the sports book we will see that the redskins and bengals are again underdogs speaking of (laughs) kelly let me uh transition more let me transition right into this nfl power rankings are out oh gee Let's do the five best teams in the league, Kelly. And I'm going to start with number five. I'm going to quiz you now. They're four and one, and they come from their very storied franchise, playing probably the most famous football field in the world. Well, let's see. The Bears have lost two, I think, haven't they? So it wouldn't be. No, not the Bears. The Packers? Fifth? Packers. Fifth? Number five in the league, according to NFL Power Rankings. Number four. Uh, play out on the West Coast and maybe the the biggest surprise of the year so far. San Francisco 49 Yeah, they looked at last night. There's no question about that. Number three team uh, in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs at four and one. Uh, that leaves us two, Kelly. I'm going to let you guess who number two is. Uh, number two now? The, couldn't be the Rams. Uh, number two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Houdats. Oh, New Orleans. Okay. And the, right. and the Pats are number one. But the shocking thing here is, you're right, I, I question this. I don't see the Rams. I don't see Seattle. I don't see Chicago. I don't see how you do that. I don't, I don't think the 49ers and the Packers at this point of the year well, but are the better teams. The than 49ers the are undefeated, though, Bob. Well, I, I know that's what they're saying, but – you know what I'm saying overall. But if, yeah. I'm, if I was a betting man and the Rams were playing the 49ers tonight and I had to bet your next month's income, I wouldn't really care the outcome of that situation, but, I, <laughs> right, but right. I would bet for the Rams. Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, but, but the caveat with the 49ers is three of the games that they've won have been against the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns. Right. And I think between them, they've won three all games right. all year. The five worst teams before we run out of time, I only have 30 seconds. Number 28, the Arizona Cardinals. Got their first win. This Number past 29, the Cincinnati Bengals. They should be worse than that. Number 30, the New York Jets. Uh, they should be worse than that. Number 31. Go for it. Hail to the Redskins. Okay, and the Dolphins still come and in the last. the worst team in the league, the Miami Dolphins, which sets up this huge showdown Sunday afternoon between number 32 Miami and number 31 Washington. It is the pillow fight of the week. They're calling it the Tidy Bowl. And we'll be on the Cartoon Channel. (laughs) Yeah, the Cartoon Network. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks to uh, Matt Walner for coming in and joining us. Also, Joe Venus. We had a good time today. We hope you did, too. Hope you'll be back tomorrow at 1. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.